0: Good morning, our church family and those who are guests with us today visiting. We're so happy to have you here. And in the midst of the inconvenience of the coronavirus, I said last week, one of the problems is, uh, you know, we we need to get our hair cut. There are things that we need to do that are shut down. And I said it would be a great act of faith on my part if I were to ask my wife to cut my hair, and so she kindly consented to do that. That's why I'm wearing this hat. Well, actually, no, she did a fabulous job. So, uh, uh, but she doesn't do it for other people, so don't get any ideas about that. You see, we're in the midst of this pandemic, and for some, it seems to be just, it's a nuisance. They're doing fine, they're getting on, they don't like it, but they wanna get out more, but it's, it's not that bad. Other people are finding it desperately lonely, uh, isolated from people, longing to get out and to be with other people, some are experiencing a lot of fear, and and they just have some medical issues that they think if they got the virus, it could take their life from them, and so they're petrified, and uh, and and it, difficult time for them. Uh, for others, it's it's. Uh, kind of a nuisance and and we're missing some things that we would love to have now this is probably one of the best times for sports you've got the NHL playoffs, you've got the NBA playoffs you've got the uh, Major League Baseball happening but I gotta tell you because we're so distracted with this that I really haven't missed it Uh, but a, a lot of people who will wish to get out and and go to the theater, or go to concerts, or uh, uh, be a part of the arts uh, are being prevented from that. Uh, some of you have had to cancel vacations, your trips were cancelled, uh, workers being laid off, and there's a threat to uh, am I going to be okay financially, or if I have a small business, is this going to be the end of my business? And, and just wondering, could the worst happen to me? I just uh, I talked to someone last week, The first uh, person that I know, somebody who knows them, who passed away from uh, COVID-19. And so we've talked a lot about that. And we've talked about trust and putting our faith in God during the times of crisis in our life. We walk by faith, not by sight. We look to God for uh, guidance, for help, for strength. And we put our faith and trust in Him. Well, it seems to me interesting that COVID-19 has turned our world absolutely upside down. Uh, And and I think it showed us that we're a little more vulnerable than maybe we had ever thought before. That is thinking of the vast technological and medical advances that have been made. And somehow or other, they can't fully protect us from what we're going through. And what the scientists and the medical personnel have done is incredible. I was talking to my old doctor from years ago and he was, he was talking about remembering the days when you'd walk down the street and you'd see a sign on houses that they were isolating somebody who had a disease there. Well, we've all but eradicated most of those childhood diseases and, and uh, we're free of a lot of that. There are things that we are doing that are absolutely outstanding, like retrieving clots from the brain so a person doesn't have a, 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 a breakdown. Uh, surgeries, heart surgery, uh, heart transplants, liver transplants, all kinds of uh, transplants. They're even transplanting hands and feet, if you can imagine it. And think of this, we have the kind of technology that we can go into a mother's womb and perform heart surgery on an unborn baby. I mean, it's amazing what we are able to do. And, and we, we put a man on the moon, we've, we've uh, pr- looked at uh, the vastness of the, uh, of the universe. And so it seems like this tiny little microscopic virus is something that well, it shouldn't it shouldn't be able to get us, and against all this kind of uh, scientific prowess and all the experts, they say they're declaring war. They they're using this metaphor that we're we're in this battle, this war against this disease, and so they want to help us, and so we we're applying all of the high tech stuff that we can, and and here's our battle plan. Our battle plan is first to not be within six feet of somebody else. So we should be able to move around like that and they should be away. That's our battle formation, is staying at least six foot away. Uh, Then we have masks, so we can put on a mask and uh, we can try and protect ourselves with that. Uh, I don't love this thing at all. Uh, But the, the thing that I love the most is this. This is what I love the most. This is our best weapon. Soap. Soap. Can you imagine that? Uh, But you're going to be tempted to throw this at something in an act of aggression. You don't do that. You get some water and you wash your hands uh, on all sides, in between your fingers, all the way around. And that's going to win this war for us. It seems that it's kind of crazy in this high-tech world that... uh, All of these things can work if they're uh, applied together. And uh, uh, we've been looking and talking about trusting God through the difficult times. But I want to to go in a little different direction today um, as we talk about walking by faith and not by sight. Uh, That is, we not only uh, need to walk by faith and trust God in difficult times like we're going through, There also is a time where we need to trust God in prosperity. You heard me right. Prosperity, plenty, wealth, health, security. Prosperity is a wonderful thing, and I think all of us would want to uh, enjoy that. But there's a dangerous downside with prosperity. Most of us, given the chance, would choose prosperity over deprivation. Absolutely. But there's an inherent peril that comes with it. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how people uh, are affected by prosperity. Uh, how uh, money can be something that drives us and, and, uh, and uh, changes even our, our very uh, values uh, in living. Um, young people can become very wealthy and, and they can't handle the fame and the fortune that comes with that kind of prosperity. I remember Dan, uh, Danny Heatley, a, uh, an NHL hockey player. Uh, he was a highly rated uh, junior player. In fact, he went second overall in the NHL draft. Uh, the next, In his first year of hockey, He won the award for the top uh, rookie, the Calder Trophy uh, rookie. And uh, with all that success came money and fame and an opulent lifestyle. For a young man at 23, he's driving a Ferrari sports car. On September 29th in 2003, uh, he and his good friend and line mate Dan Snyder went out in his car. They were traveling at one hundred and twenty kilometers an hour in in about a, uh, a a seventy kilometer area with a winding, twisting road, uh, having fun, living it up. but they couldn't they couldn't keep on the road. He couldn't keep on the road, and he went off, crashed the car, killed his best friend, and was charged with vehicular homicide. What a tragic, tragic story. Success, you see, can be dangerous for us all. And Moses saw and understood the danger in prosperity also. And he, when he wrote the book of Deuteronomy, he was, uh, he was uh, preparing to, uh, to vacate. God was going to take him. He'd allow him to see the promised land, but he would not go in because of a failure that he had, and God had judged him for that. And, and so he wanted to do everything he could to help the people follow the Lord, and he understood that uh, that, uh, there could be some dangers ahead for them. And so he wants to prepare God's people for entering into the Promised Land, a journey he wouldn't take. Now he wants them to remember how they so desperately needed God when God brought them out of Egypt into the wilderness, into a desert some two million people and animals and and, uh, livestock and all their things with them. And and there was nothing to eat and there was nothing to drink and they cried out to the Lord out of desperation and God cared for their needs in that crisis. He brought water from a rock. He brought manna from heaven. He brought protection against their enemies. And Moses was worried, what's going to happen when they settle in the land? When, when they have this uh, beautiful land to go into. And, and uh, when, well, with his being prepared for this, uh, he says in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 17, My power and the strength of my hands, you Israelites might say, they've produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirm the covenant which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. He says, that you're, There's danger ahead for you when you come, and, and all of the good that God will provide for you. And there's gonna be a time when you may think, I did this myself, I earned this, and, and a sense of not having to uh, put your faith or your trust in God. Uh, it can be difficult. Uh, in times of plenty to forget God and to forget our reliance on him as it was in the difficult time they had. Well, the author of Proverbs would weigh on in on this topic. And he said in Proverbs 30 verses 8 and 9, he says this bit of wisdom. Give me neither poverty or riches, but give me the only, only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. He understood the, the difficulty and the challenge of either extreme poverty or extreme uh, 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 riches and pro, uh, providential gifts from God. So what, the, what is this blessing from God that can take place? What is this uh, that can threaten us? And uh, we're going to look at the life of Abraham. Last week, we saw how he blew it in a crisis. Uh, but uh, this week, we'll see it played out in his life. The first thing that I want to share with you is that God may prosper a uh, people. Uh, God's, God's people, rather, God's people may prosper. Listen to what it says in Genesis 3, 1 to 4. So Abraham went up from Egypt Egypt. To the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. And Abraham became very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev he went to place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place where between Bethel and Ai where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar to the Lord. There Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Here is Abraham. He's coming out of Egypt. He's coming out uh, like a whipped boy, uh, having been chastised by Pharaoh for lying and deceiving him. And uh, so here he comes out and he has failed in in Egypt. And he leaves and he comes back home. And uh, what he he had lied, he'd deceived, he'd submitted his wife uh, to uh, indignity and, and danger. And so he's leaving. But read what he said: he, he came out with very wealthy from the Lord. The Lord blessed him as he, as he came out from that failure. God said he would bless him if he would just trust him. And so here he comes, uh, graciously, uh, given another chance by God. Abraham returns to God, and uh, to be a follower, uh, to be a follower of God does not necessarily mean to be poor. Uh, Now, more people will have less than will have more. Not everybody can have an opulent lifestyle. But God didn't uh, criticize or it wasn't a thing that would would be wrong to have much wealth. Some Christians are very wealthy. Abraham was one of them. When you think about uh, the story that you'll read in in, uh, Genesis 14, you'll find that Abraham had so much That he had an army among his own people of 318 uh, soldiers. He had a a lot of wealth. When we think in the Bible to the, uh, the character of Job, we see somebody who was the richest man in all the world. And yet he was untouched by that wealth in terms of his relationship with God. It's not wrong to be wealthy. Uh, And you might say at this point, well, doesn't the Bible say money is the root of all evil? Well, no, it doesn't say that. It says in 1 Timothy 6.10, money is is the root of all kinds of evil. So money and uh, prosperity can be something that can work against us. Now, some of God's people are going to be wealthy. And God has entrusted to some far more wealth than others. And uh, that can become a snare to them if they don't watch out. Well, secondly, I wanna say that prosperity can be dangerous. Not only is it good and can come from God, but there's a dangerous side to prosperity. In, in Genesis 135 to eight, it says this. Now Lot who was moving about with Abram also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together for their possessions were so great They were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. And the Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So here we have Abraham absolutely blessed. His His nephew Lot was also blessed. He was blessed because of Abraham. God promised to bless Abraham and bless those who would bless him. So being connected to Abraham put him in a very good place. But it caused problems. And now when they went to uh, Egypt, they went because there was nothing to eat. Now they've got all this plenty. They have so much. They, they don't have the pasture land for everything. God has so richly blessed them. And uh, and so he, uh, he shows them that, that in, that in that prosperity, there can be a challenge, there can be a, a stress that is caused because now we've got two competing people. There's so much money that it's causing problems. Uh, and, and so he's got to deal with that. It's interesting, quite a number of years ago, I, I was walking uh, down our street and there was a, uh, a sidewalk sale, a garage sale, And I saw a book that piqued my interest. And it was a book on uh, people who had won the lottery. And what was interesting to me, it was 50 cents or something, so I bought the book and took it home and was reading it. And they have these cases of all these different uh, people who won the lottery and where are they now and what happened to them. And I was amazed to see how many of those people uh, had terrible uh, problems with with being pestered for money. Uh, family members, uh, charities, they, they couldn't go anywhere that people weren't after them for their money. Uh, people wanted, relatives wanted money and if they didn't get what they want, it caused uh, problems with relationships. Uh, and it just, it just went from uh, bad to worse. Uh, worse. And, and so many of these people, marriages broke up, families separated. And the number of bankruptcies was incredible to people who got multi-millions of dollars in a lottery and and lost it all. Um, We've seen that uh, the same way. Athletes and celebrities who are young, uh, and even not so young, but they have uh, a lot. And money can go to people's heads. It can, it can, uh, prosperity can cause people to act differently and think differently. We think of some of the young uh, young stars who made so much money. The Lindsay Lowens and the Britney Spears and the jo- uh, Justin Biebers and, and that type. And, and they get targeted as well. Uh, so it, pros- being prosperous can bring a negative side with it. And, and here they had trouble supporting all of the plenty that they had. Now there was a, con, uh, a contrast between Abraham and Lot. They're going to have to deal with this problem. They're going to have to get things all together. And so what, what are they going to do? Uh, and, and so there's a, there's an opportunity now for trouble or for ameliorating this kind of situation. So... We want to look at how trusting, what trusting God involves when in prosperity. How, does, how, does, uh, how do we prosper and, and, and at the same time put our, keep our faith and trust in God? Well, I think there are a few things. Uh, the first thing is by having a spiritual perception. Let me just read uh, in uh, Genesis 13 verses 8 and 9. It says this, so Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herdsmen and mine. For we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Uh, and so we see, how do you, how do you trust God? What, what's involved in trusting God when you have a lot, when you're blessed? Well, Well, the first thing is to have spiritual perception to have spiritual perception you see Abraham saw beyond the mere physical uh, aspect of this of this uh, deal uh, beyond the land beyond the money beyond the herdsmen he, he saw that there are deeper issues spiritual issues uh, things that can't be uh, conceived and understood uh, by those who who are not spiritually driven and and have the spirit of God. Uh, there's an there's an issue there. There are eternal values. Some only see the surface, the the, the physical realities, not the spiritual realities, uh, and and they only see with their eyes, not with their spiritual heart. In First Corinthians two, in uh, verse fourteen, it said, "The man without the spirit doesn't accept." the things of the Spirit of God, they're foolishness to him. He can't understand them because they're spiritually discerned. And so we've got, we've got some spiritual discernment that comes from Abraham. He sees it, he has different criteria for this and, uh, and these unseen realities that, that are not perceived by the naked eye. Well, he's, uh, the second thing he does is he puts relationships before things relationships before things. Abraham didn't want to have any problem with the lot. Uh, he didn't want a division in the family. Uh, faith understands priority of people over things. and yet it's so easy to get wrapped up in the things and the stuff and the money and the materialism and and, and put as a secondary uh, the concerns, of, uh, of, of people. Faith understands those pri- priorities and will trust God for the people. The stuff is secondary. It's interesting. I, I saw a person uh, faithless uh, uh, faithlessly acting out. Their parent had died and they took something they want of the parents. And the other members of the family were so upset about that, that for years and years, nobody even talked. So it was more important for them to get that item than to keep a good relationship with relationship uh, with with one another with their family, and, and uh, that's not how Abraham works. He puts relationships first. He he is he is he puts peaceful relationship before that. Uh, in fact, what what he says, what he what we see in uh, Ephesians four and verse two blessed are the peacemakers Jesus says and later Paul would say make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit in in, uh, in the bond of peace keep unified and, and so when he trusts God he's not trusting the the, the spirit the the uh, uh, prosperous uh, uh, things and, and, uh, and all kinds of uh, material things, he's putting the relationship first. The Apostle Paul would say in Philippians 2 and verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each should not look on one's own interest, but on the interest of others. Hey, how about you? Uh, do, you, do, you do you do that? Do you put relationships first? And then secondly, do you act with deference and generosity? That's exactly what Paul's talking about. That's what, that's what uh, Abraham did. Abraham said, it's before you. I'm, I'm going I'm to defer to you. Uh, you, you. You choose what you want, Lot. If you want this, if you want to go left, I'll go right. I, I'm just, I put you first. I put you before myself. He could do that. Um, Uh, because he trusted God. He trusted God with his future, and and that allowed him to be generous and and a selfless person, just like God was with him. Well, another thing we find here uh, is the expression of faith is seen in believing God as the source of your well-being, the source of your prosperity, God provides the blessing. We don't provide the blessing. Because God provides it, we can give it away. Because God provides it, we can be generous ourselves. We, we realize that we're not self-made people, that God has blessed us. And, and, and uh, Abraham could look at his life and he could realize that it was God's hand of blessing all the way through that had provided for him. And when you trust yourself, you trust in your craftiness, your business acumen, your your hard work, your physical ability, the skills you have, uh, all of those things. You believe you're responsible for your own well-being. It's interesting in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 that the apostle Paul would say, why do you guys boast uh, in what you have as, as though you didn't as though it wasn't gifted to you, as though it wasn't given to you. And sometimes we want to take credit, and we don't realize that anything good that has come to us, God has provided for us in that way. And it's a subtle thing, but we begin to believe that we're the sole architect Of our prosperity it's because we really know how to pick stocks it's because we're hard-working it's because everything that we do comes back to us it's us and we forget about God and that's exactly what Moses was afraid of Uh, for these practical purposes it negates God in our life we don't have room for God we don't give God the glory we don't give God the credit we believe we did it and so Abraham learned that when you take your eyes off God When you trust yourself, you're in trouble. And that allowed him to say to Lot, here, the whole land is before you. I don't want a problem. Whatever, you you can go wherever you want. I'll I'll take the scraps after you go. Trusting is believing God who blesses and uh, and, uh, provides for us. Well, let's contrast Abraham's nephew, Lot, uh, Lot, here. this is trusting self. This is what is involved in that. In, when we trust ourselves, we don't trust God, but we trust ourselves. That's what Lot did. Look at in uh, verses uh, 10 to 13. It says this. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, towards Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities on the plain, pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Here now we look at Lot and his motivation and, and the drive uh, for prosperity in his life. When he looks at it, the first thing we see, he has a human perspective. Uh, Abraham had a godly, a, a spiritual perspective. Um, Lot has a human perspective. He would, uh, he would look at life and, and the option before him, when Abraham said, you go left, I'll go right, he looked at uh, Canaan. And uh, they were uh, in that area that was uh, mountainous, hilly, rocky. It was not great land. And you looked down on the Jordan Valley and you saw this beautiful uh, terrain, uh, this pasture, well-watered valley, and it was, it was a no-brainer. It, it, it didn't take a, a smart person to figure out if you wanted to get ahead, if you wanted to prosper, this land was much, much better. Uh, from a human st- uh, standpoint, that's it. Uh, from a human perspective, Jesus was considered foolish, wasn't he? He annoyed the religious leaders. He didn't amass money uh, uh, much to uh, much to Judas's uh, consternation. Uh, he didn't think about those things. he He had a different kind of perspective and and uh, Lot has a merely merely human perspective. He's operating out of just by sight, not by faith in God. And if we're going to trust, we need to trust God, not self. So Lot's decision makes sense. Uh, You make the decision, I'll I'll go and I'll take this better land. Well, secondly, uh, trusting in uh, self Involves this, putting things before relationships. Anything Lot had, he had because of Abraham and God's blessing of Abraham and God's blessing from Abraham to Lot. Abraham was concerned for a right relationship. Uh, he prioritized that. For Lot, that was absolutely secondary. He should have said, Uncle, you've been so kind to me. Uh, you take whatever you want. and I'll... But that's not how it went. Uh, he put the relationship secondary. He put things before relationships. And and, uh, he's walking by uh, sight. He's walking by sight, not by faith. And um, some of you may have made decisions that have compromised relationships in the past. You felt you were cheated in something. You felt that uh, uh, people took advantage of you and and you were unhappy with that. You didn't like what happened and, and you didn't want to reconcile when there were problems and and there was jealousy and bitterness and no forgiveness and no time for family and pursuing all these things and 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 uh, if you were like lot, then you would put things before relationships. oh that we would uh, see past some of those things that happened to us well another thing that that is expressive of the problem that uh, lot has and his trusting in self it involves acting out of self-interest acting out of self-interest i want it it's for me mine god is trying to break us from self-centeredness to be open open open-handed giving caring, making us more like Jesus, putting other people first, uh, trusting. uh, And and when we trust self, though, we want to make it happen ourselves. Uh, We want to grasp whatever we can. And uh, Lot had no regard for Abraham. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It's mine, mine. I'll take all I can get. And that's what the faith work is to do in our life is to release us from that. Well, Uh, Secondly, it's believing that you are the source of your blessing. It's When we trust self, we're believing that we are the actual source of our blessing. I'm fully responsible for my own prosperity. I've worked hard. I've worked harder than other people. I studied harder. I put myself in a place to have success. I grabbed the best for myself. I I did what I could to get uh, ahead of others. And some of that is, is involved in stepping on others to get ahead, not trusting God. Uh, and, and people. some people will wear themselves out uh, to, to try and get ahead. And they have to trust themselves more and more and more. And they want the glory in the end. Uh, you know, uh, S. Uh, S uh, Truett Cathy uh, started the chain store of restaurants, Chick-fil-A. In fact, he, when he started out, he, had, he was a Christian man, he had high uh, ideals and uh, values for his business, and he decided that he didn't want people to hire uh, to his staff to work, uh, and uh, he would, was intent on closing on Sundays. He was going to close the restaurant. The industry said he's crazy; that he will never stay in business. No fast food, uh, fast food uh, business can can stay in business uh, by closing on Sundays. He was determined to honor God above his own prosperity, and um, he donated much money to to uh, ministry and charities. And he just he just went in another direction, trusting God for all of that. Incredible what God has done. Uh, today, uh, S. Truett Cathy has 2,300 restaurants in the United States. It's incredible. How tragic it would be for him to forget God and 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 leave God. But no, he he put his his trust in God for going ahead, and and. Uh, When you put yourself uh, first, you put yourself in a very dangerous place. Lot didn't understand what was going on. He didn't know what was right. He didn't have discernment. He's going to what looks like the best through human eyes. But he goes down there and uh, there's this ominous shadow over there. He went down to the city of the plains and he pitched his tents near Sodom. We know what will happen later to Sodom. It was a wicked place. It was a terrible place to bring up children. It it was a place that sinned greatly and God would wipe them out and eradicate them from the face of the earth. He put himself and his family in a very dangerous place. And uh, just as uh, we look sometimes for a good business proposition or something, we, don't, we look at it merely in a human eyes. We can be selling our souls. We can be selling out our family. Uh, all we see is what, what can come back to us and not beyond that. And we don't see the danger for our children and for us as we move in certain directions. Well, prosperity can be a test of what it means to trust God. Uh, are we going to trust God or are we going to trust ourselves? Abraham decided even in prosperity he would honor God. And, uh, well, a Lot prospered. He made some very foolish decisions. Well, finally, trusting God can bring approval and blessing from God. When we, when we let God know that we want to honor Him, that we want to live for Him, uh, when we say to Him, Everything I have, you gave me. You have blessed me. I, I don't own this. It's a stewardship given to you by me, uh, to me by you. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. God loves that, and God can bless us in that. Uh, sometimes when we follow God, we trust Him. We've got to go counter to what seems to be best, what seems to be right, what people are telling us to do, won't always go with what God wants for us. And uh, we we can feel like a loser. People can make us feel like losers when we're trusting in God. But let me read the last verses of Genesis 13 with you, beginning at verse 14. They've now separated. Lot's gone his way. Abraham's gone his way. And we read this. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot parted from him, Lift up your eyes where you are and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abraham moved his tent and went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. You see, when you choose to honor God, God will honor you. When you choose to follow him and to trust him, he'll do the same with you. And and God says he's, he's reiterating the promise that he's made to him before. I will bless you. The place of blessing looked where Lot went, but that will go sadly wrong. Uh, Abraham kept his eyes focused on God and God would bless that. The question is, will I do the right thing or will I do the expedient thing for me? Will I honor God or will I honor myself? He he has to deal with this whole issue. And the plan of God was was not going to be thwarted because of Lot, God would bless and fulfill his promise to Abraham. And the test of faith is what all of us, uh, whether we're in crisis, whether we're in poverty, or whether we have plenty, God tests us to see what our allegiance is. Do we put our faith and trust in him and him alone? There's a challenge for us. Elvis Presley was raised in a in poverty in, in, uh, his home. Uh, he used to sneak off. He tells, uh, tells uh, the story. He used to sneak off to uh, black gospel churches. He loved the music there and wanted to be one of them. He was a, he loved the Lord as a, as a young boy. He read his Bible every night at home. He'd committed himself to God. He wanted to go to church and, uh, as we know the story of Elvis Presley, he had great prosperity, uh, great fame, money. He was mobbed by people wherever he went. He was a prisoner really to his own success. And when he talked to his pastor, he really left his, his childhood moorings in faith. He, he bought into the whole lifestyle of celebrity. And uh, he talked to his pastor and admitted... I'm not doing what I should. But it didn't stop him or re-correct his his, uh, course. Uh, A little young lad came and said to him once, Mr. Presley, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. And Elvis Presley looked at him and said, Son, don't be like me. Follow God. Friends, we're going to find some challenges in life where God is going to test us and our trust in him is going to be measured by will we believe him and follow him even in prosperity or are we going to succumb to our own fleshly desires. My prayer is for us that we would honor God with all of our heart and all of our life and all the prosperity that God gives us. We would acknowledge that it comes from his good hand and we're just uh, receiving from him And that we would honor him with all of our life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness. You've poured out on us so much. And we are so grateful for all that you have done for us. Lord, help us to never lose sight that what we have, we have from you. If we have any kind of success, if we have any kind of prosperity, if things are, are going well for us, I pray that we would acknowledge that that has come from you, and we give you the honor, we give you the praise, we give you the credit. Father, I pray that you'd help us to walk faithfully with you in no matter what situation we're in. Uh, Father, help us to honor Jesus and please him by what we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.